Thanks for being here for another Taw Talk, where we take teaching theory and turn it into teaching practice. Today we're going to be talking about the depth and complexity icon of ethics. This is the symbol for ethics you see here. You see this diamond or rhombus where half of it is black and half of it is white. And this is a very appropriate symbol for ethics because in a lot of cases you have things that are very in a perfect world, there are things that are very black and white. So in other words, it's either right or it's wrong. And if you do this, it's wrong. If you don't do this, it's right. And that's the way it works in a perfect world. But in our world, our complicated world, things kind of muddle together. And this black and white becomes more gray. There's these shades of gray of what is acceptable and what is not. So for example, uh, and, Something that seemingly would be easy, you shouldn't steal from another person, right? That is just an, an easy black and white um, ethic, ethical issue, okay? So I, if, I, if I steal bread from a store, that is stealing, that is wrong. However, what if I'm stealing that bread to feed my hungry family? Does that make it okay? Uh, if I, does, does my uh, um, wanting to protect my family and feed my family and make sure my family doesn't starve, does that supersede the law of that you shouldn't steal the bread? And again, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer for that, which is what makes an ethical dilemma. Ethical issues typically do not have a definitive yes, no, or right, wrong. It is depending on the perspective that you're looking at. And Sometimes people can rationalize the, these perspectives to make it fit to them so they can do something unethical and in their minds it's okay because, you know, they, they, from their perspective it was the right thing to do. Other people might see it differently and this is where we come into play where the way the society views things. So the questions that come with ethics. One is what are some beliefs, values, or judgments that exist? And so we have common common beliefs, values, and judgments. So for, for instance, you shouldn't murder someone, you know, or you shouldn't steal from people. Or, you know, there, there are other ones that are pretty black and white, pretty plain and simple. However, let's go back to the murder one. So it is completely unethical to murder another person. However, if you were in war, it's perfectly acceptable to kill another person. Matter of fact, if you do so, you're being patriotic and you're, you're, you're being a hero for your country because you're defending your land and you're keeping these people out. And so this is where the ethics comes into place. Why is killing someone okay over here, but it's not okay over here? So keep in mind, so it's not so easy to make the decision. And so the belief is that in general society, we will not murder another person or kill another person. However, we also have beliefs that if you're in war, it's perfectly acceptable. And so it depends on the perspective you're coming from. How does society teach and spread its code of ethics on the topic? And this comes in various forms. It can come in rules. We've talked about the icon of rules and rules and ethics kind of overlap with one another. The difference is, is that rules are, there is clearly a right and wrong to rules. You, if you break the rule, you're wrong. If you follow the rule, you're right. Ethics, again, kind of 
shade com combines that and makes it a shade of gray where it, if you did broke this rule, is it really not okay to do that? Um, so for example, if you're, if you have someone that's injured in your car and you need to take them to the hospital and you need to speed to get them there so that they don't die, isn't it perfectly acceptable to, to break the law and speed as a result and to run red lights and all those things. So again, it just depends on the situation, depends on the perspective, which is what makes ethics one of my favorite icons, because there are no definitive right, wrong answers. Depending on who you ask, you might get a different response. And that's what makes ethics so interesting. Uh, but how we teach the, and spread these code of ethics is through our rules. It can be from our parents. It can be from our, our relatives or friends. It can be from our work. It can be from lots of things. Uh, but different places have different ethics. So for example, in a classroom, it's perfectly okay to take a pencil because you need a pencil in order to be able to do your work. But if you're at a, if you're at work, you, you know, and you take a pencil from someone or take a pencil from somewhere that might not be accepted. That might be considered stealing office supplies. And so again, depending on the situation or depending upon where this is playing out, you might get a very different response to the same thing. So for example, another example is it's perfectly acceptable for me to wear a bathing suit if I'm going to the beach, correct? That's what you wear when you go to the beach. If I wore that same outfit, that same <laughs> bathing suit, and I was going to work in my office, would that be acceptable? It would not because the situation has changed and what is accepted at one place is not accepted at another place. And so society teaches us this, what is, what is appropriate and what is not. What moral principles are involved in the topic? And so when you're looking at ethics, you have to look at, you know, not only is it a rule or a law, but is it, is it morally correct? So again, I would say it is never morally correct to murder somebody. However, if I'm defending my family because a robber is in my house or someone's seeking to do harm to my family, I am certainly going to cross that line and harm that person to prevent them from harming the people that I love. And what, so what is the moral principle? So if court, a court of law may see, you know, they were just, he was just defending himself so that he is, he's perfectly um, okay what he did. Or a court of law might see it as though he, he uh, still committed a murder and that's not okay. So these these moral principles that come into play. Bias, how does bias, prejudice, or discrimination affect the topic? And so different people have different uh, beliefs, values, and judgments. So like I said, what may be acceptable for one family may not be acceptable for another family. And so if, if here, at the, um, here's the perfect example of where this may come into play. In some states, it's illegal to do something. But in another state, it might be perfectly legal. So if you're in the one state and you do it, it's going to be illegal. If you do it in the other state, it's going to be legal. And so, and so the thing, problem is, is that if you're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, then it could, it could really, you know, come back to bite you. And so we have to make sure that we are, we look at bias and prejudice and discrimination, what is accepted, and things that were once acceptable. I mean, I've been on this planet for 50 years and things that were once acceptable are no longer acceptable. And at the same time, things that were not are now acceptable. So it just depends on, you know, this bias, prejudice, and discrimination that's set by society, that's set by the, the greater the greater good. So what I'm going to be talking about is one of the 
most famous ethical dilemmas that there is. And this is called the trolley car dilemma. And so what you see here is this trolley car, this magnificently drawn trolley car. And this trolley car is setting, heading down a, a set of tracks. And you are right here. So this is you. And this is the switch that can change the track to here or to keep it going here. So the trolley car is out of control. It's rolling down the street. And it's headed for these five people. And, and then over here, off to the side, there's another side track that you could put it on. And it's, there's only one person here. So if the trolley car continues on its path, it is going to hit these five people and kill them. If you switch the switch and the trolley car goes down here, you're only going to kill this one person. So what is the right decision? It would seem to be really simple. You pull the switch and divert the, the trolley car so it just kills one person. Because killing one person is better than killing five people, correct? Again. Not so fast. If we're looking at an ethical issue, here's something. So you have to make a decision to pull this, this switch. You are, you are making a conscious decision to put this person in harm's way. If you do nothing, then that was the path it was going to take anyways, and it's going to kill those five people. So you have a moral dilemma or an ethical dilemma of the decision that you made causing harm to somebody. At the same time, you doing nothing might be something that's morally uh, gray and it doesn't and, and can come back to, to say, oh, well, they did nothing when they could have done something. There's also different ways to play this out. So, for example, let's say this one person right here is your mother. And these are five people you don't know. Well, is it perfectly acceptable to let it keep going and kill the people you don't know to, to save your mom, someone that you do, that raised you and loves you and that you care for? What if you knew that this person right here was going to cure cancer one day? Could you make that, eth that ethical dilemma to let it go and hit the five people to save this person, which will save more lives down the road? Of course, we can't possibly know that. But still, if you knew that, what kind, you know, what decision would you make? Or if these five people represented an organization that you that that espouses hate, like the Ku Klux Klan. And this is a peaceful protester right here. Would you let the, the trolley go through and kill these people who morally you don't agree with, that whose values and beliefs you don't agree with? Is that perfectly okay? So in order to save the person whose, whose beliefs and values you do agree with. And so this becomes the, the trolley car dilemma. Like what decision are you gonna make? And not making a decision is still a decision because you've decided not to act. And if you pull it, you have decided to act. And so this puts this person in a very ethical dilemma. What decision are they going to make? And what are they going to base this decision on? Here are some common ethical questions that you can ask students so that you can discuss this in class so they can try to get a feel for what ethics look like. So one common one is, should you always follow the rules? Now, in school, yes, you should always follow the rules. And one of the rules in school is that you shouldn't run in the hallways. But what if you, the teacher, had a heart attack and you fell over and they, they had to go get some, some help and they have to run down the hallway to find someone, you would certainly want them running in the hallway so that you are able to get help sooner. 
this can be an ethical dilemma. You know, do you run in the hallways? Do you not run in the hallways? Is it okay? Another one is, is it okay to sacrifice a smaller group of people in order to save a larger group of people? So the trolley car dilemma is a perfect example of this. Is it okay to sacrifice one person knowing that it will save five people? And sometimes this can be a much larger thing. So, for example, a, a rural ethical dilemma is the dropping of the atomic bomb on Japan. And so the thought was by dropping the atomic bomb and killing hundreds of thousands of people, it actually would say, save even more people that would have, if the war, the war had continued on, more people would have died. And so it, it makes sacrificing this group of people actually saved a larger group of people. Uh, but some people would argue that that was not the right thing to do. Should we charge money for things that help people? So when you go to the hospital, uh, you have to pay money in order to have your bones mended or to get medication or whatever. Should we be charging for that? I mean, this is, this is things, these are things that help people. These are things that are going to keep them alive. And yet these things are being charged. Is that ethical? Should you take care of your family at the expense of putting someone else at a disadvantage? So, as we, we care about our family. And when we talk about moral values and judgments, we care about our family very highly. And so if, if one of our family members is going to benefit from some, something and another person is, is going to suffer from that, we hopefully uh, we do the right thing. But sometimes people are like, oh, I'm going to do what's best for my family, even though it might put someone else at a disadvantage. Is it ever okay to discriminate against someone because of their race, religion, age, or gender? And the, the ethical, uh, the moral answer would be no, you should never discriminate against someone. Uh, and, but what happens if like, you know, there is uh, someone who is uh, older than you and they, and you have to do something that's really difficult and they're really old and feeble and you don't want them to do it because it might harm them. And so you're going to discriminate by not having them take part in this to help them. But at the same time, you're discriminating against them. What is our responsibility to the environment? This is one that's really come up lately, especially with, um, you know, the, the global uh, warming crisis that seems to be taking place on our planet, which is that the weather is getting more and more out of control because of the of, of things that we are directly doing. Um, and one of these, and sometimes we don't even think about these things. So one of the, the largest contributors to global warming is the flatulence or the farting of cows. And so the right thing to do is to eat less hamburgers. So we're raising less cows and they're causing less, less, um, you know, of their, of the odor to go into the atmosphere and cause such harm. There are other ethical dilemmas too. So like, should we drill for oil? to power our cars at the expense of ruining the environment. Another ethical dilemma, and this is something that's not a rule or a law, this is why this is an ethical dilemma though, is should we eat things or do things we know are bad for us? I love Oreo cookies, but there's nothing nutritional about Oreo cookies. There's nothing that's good for my body when it comes to Oreo cookies, except for I like the taste. And if I eat too many of those Oreo cookies, I'm gonna become fat. And that's going to cause me to be unhealthy, possibly, and put strain on my heart. And yet, we make decisions all the time to eat something we know is not good for us, whether it's chocolate or drinking pop or having, you know, uh, not eating our fruits and vegetables. We do this all the time, even though we know it's bad for it. Another one is the idea of smoking. 
Some people think it's their right to be able to smoke, uh, even though they know the harm that it does to them and the harm it can do to others because of the secondary smoke. And so should we do things that we know are bad for us, even though we have the ability to make that decision? There's nothing illegal about smoking. But is it the right thing to do, especially like if you have small children and you're smoking in the house is that, and you're putting them on harm's way because of that? Is that an ethical issue? Is that something you shouldn't be doing? So how do you teach ethics in the class? And one of the, the easiest ways to do this, the most effective way, is to do a debate. Um, and of course, a debate, you can't just have kids arguing with one another. That's not that's not debate. That's just arguing. So you want to have a structure. You want to have a format to that. And so an example you see right here is a really simple debate debate format, uh, which is starts with an affirmative where kids would have to state their case. Uh, then they would conference and then the negative gets to have a rebuttal of what the affirmative opened with. So they get to try to poke holes in the argument, trying to, you know, uh, to, to make their own case. Then the negative gets an opening then another team meeting, and the affirmative gets to give its rebuttal, and then another team meeting, and then the affirmative gets its closing statements based upon what they heard in the argument, and then the negative gets its closing. And this is a really simple debate format. Uh, but what this allows you to do, and you can change the uh, the times, you can change, and this this allows you to to work with an entire class. You could break them into teams, and you know they could take different parts. Uh, but I really like using debate to teach ethics. Uh, so, for example, you could use it with kids as young as I when I use this with third graders. We actually had a debate on whether Goldilocks was right for going into the bear's house uh, when she was lost in the woods. Uh, ethically, you know, when it comes to rules, she should not go in the house because that's breaking and entering. But she's she's starving and she might die. So should she be allowed to go in the house? And that was a debate that we had. If you have older students, you might get in some more controversial topics, not too controversial, but you might want to look at like, um, you know, you want to avoid, of course, probably the big ones of like abortion and religion and politics. But you could be looking at if you're a teaching science class, you could look at cloning. Is cloning ethical or not? Uh, if you're teaching a social studies class, uh, the one I mentioned before is you know the dropping of the atomic bomb, but there are many issues in there. Uh, that you can take a look at um, the Civil War, you know, which side, you know, which side was uh, was was justified in what they did. Um, lots of things that you could argue there. Language arts, you could you could debate uh, between uh, characters in a book and the decisions that they made. And math, you can you can make debates, you know, debate topics on, you know, whether you should use this particular formula or how this mathematical, uh, you know. Uh, mathematical formula changed the world and was it to the benefit was it to not to the benefit and and things of that nature so you can you can use this with any age range and you can adjust it accordingly um, here's another example of a debate uh, this is called public forum debate um, and in here you have uh, a speaker you know, various speakers and you have what well, the reason why I like this one is you also have what's called crossfire and the crossfire is two people one from each side get to have a kind of a, a, a debate back and forth. Uh, and one's asking questions and one's answering questions and they're, they're challenging each other. And so this is, this is more for a more advanced class that is, uh, has gotten good at debate or can handle having a debate in a civil manner. And so this is, a, this is one that I use with them. So if you're gonna do a debate in your class, you just need to find a format that works um, and then have them choose sides or 
even better, you know, choose sides for them. Sometimes it's really interesting to have students uh, argue for something that they don't agree with or against something that they do. Uh, and that helps them to, see, to gain perspective.